it's a question which I'm not sure whether it's silly to ask, but is it conceivable that China could send troops into Hong Kong if things don't ease up? Yeah, hi, Tim. I'd say there's probably at the most about a 3 to 5% chance of that happening. That's kind of a rough ballpark figure. Uh, that means it's still on the table. The threat is certainly there. But on the ground here in Hong Kong, and even on the ground up in Shenzhen, uh, on the Chinese side of the border where we were just a couple of days ago, um, not many people think that's likely to happen because it would create a whole set of other problems for China's government if they really sent troops onto the streets of Hong Kong. Tell me, look, at one point there were millions of people in the streets protesting. A large amount of the population, we're a couple of months into this protest. What is the feeling in Hong Kong now? Is, is, is there still funny. overall support? It's funny, Francesca, because this afternoon there is, uh, there has been another large rally called where the organisers are saying up to a million people might turn out. Now, the organisers always over-egg these things. I think that's highly unlikely. But it will be a real test this afternoon to see how much support broadly there is still for the movement. Because you're right, in the first two weeks of this, you had a million people the first week, uh, close to two million the second. It's always hard to say exactly, but I was there that day too, and it was huge. Uh, and in recent weeks, it really has petered down. There have been much smaller protests on uh, on the streets each Saturday and Sunday night. So they've called a big rally this afternoon. They're not just talking about those young students. They want everybody who's interested to turn out. And the figure we get on the streets in the next few hours, I think, will be a big indication of where this movement is at. Bill, this began as a fight over the extradition bill, which, of course, has been suspended. But it feels now like it's actually a fight for the future of Hong Kong, its freedom, its democratic rights, leading into that, you know, to 2047, when it will be amalgamated into the mainland. Yeah, well, a few things have happened in this movement. I was earlier this week at the airport on Tuesday night when there were some really wild scenes where the young protesters, uh, it's been generally acknowledged, they overstepped the mark. They went a bit too far. They ended up mobbing a couple of blokes and tying them up and humiliating them in front of the world's media. And I think not just in mainland China, where that caused absolutely huge amounts of anger, but in general, there was a feeling that these guys had sort of lost their way a little bit. And it's true, as you say, two, two and a bit months ago, it was all about an extradition treaty and Chinese government influence. Now there is sort of a fanatical obsession among many of the young protesters with Hong Kong police, accusing them of brutality, accusing them of heavy handedness. And this seems to have largely overtaken the movement. And uh, I think um, for normal Hong Kongers who are concerned about Beijing's influence, um, this constant obsession with the police and this uh, sort of vigilante attitude that some of the young protesters have, that any violent action they take is therefore justified, I think that is putting off uh, many of the sort of more moderate citizens here who still do harbour those concerns about Beijing. So how much is is there a genuine movement of people who actually want Hong Kong to totally stand alone as its own country? I would say, Tim, not many. Um, you know, among younger people, you might have, I don't know, one in five, or it's very hard to say. I mean, you do get people who uh, turn up to these rallies and say that Hong Kong is not a part of China. You do have them saying, revolution, liberate Hong Kong. But then when you speak to a lot of people, they are well aware that economically without uh, China, uh, Hong Kong would be in a pretty dire position. I don't think there's anyone really seriously thinking that this is where the movement is heading. 
but certainly it revs up a lot of these particularly young protesters to, to say we're not part of China, we're not Chinese. Uh, they might believe it, but I don't think many people are actually really pushing for that. Bill, if I was leaving New Zealand this week and heading to Hong Kong, what could I expect at the airport and in Hong Kong itself? Well, you'd be fine now because there is such intense security. Um, you might have extra delays, uh, not when you arrive, but if you're taking flights out of Hong Kong, um, there's extra security procedures to get into the airport. Um, you can't go in, for example, unless you have a boarding pass. But um, flights are all back to normal, and it's very unlikely we will see that sort of airport disruption again because, as I said, once the protesters overregged a bit on Tuesday night, uh, there's been a bit of a backlash and uh, not only has security been bolstered, but I think the protest movement has decided to target other areas of Hong Kong and, for now at least, leave the airport alone. Yeah, I'm just seeing here they get 68.5 million visitors a year at that airport. So <laughs> that's, um, that's staggering. Just as far as your own um, involvement in, in covering this, did you have any moments that, that were genuinely scary? What was it like? Uh, look, we've had uh, quite a few moments where uh, there's a, you know things are going off, and we are always trying to keep a safe distance. But you're in the middle of an urban environment where the police have been firing a heck of a lot of tear gas. There's been tremendous amounts of tear gas um, dispersed over the past uh, 11 weeks, and there are times when even if you are not right there at the front line, a cloud of tear gas can kind of waft over and uh, hit you in the eyes. We have all the protective gear, so we've been all right. Um, But I do have a colleague from the BBC who uh, got what appears to be a rubber bullet in his face. He was wearing a gas mask at the time, so it shattered, but it protected him. Um, He he subsequently said he was a bit too close to the action, (laughs) obviously. Um, So, yeah, if you're not careful, you can get caught up in it because things can change quite rapidly. Sometimes you have these standoffs for hours, the tension builds, and there have been a couple of nights where the police haven't even put up a warning flag. They've just started firing tear gas. Now, those are the moments where you need to scramble pretty quickly. Bill Birdles, such a pleasure to have you on the program. ABC Australia China correspondent. And we will talk to you another time. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.